Well, this Sunday, we're beginning a new sermon mini-series called Fear No Evil. Now, for the next three weeks, each Sunday morning in worship, we're going to be looking at, at the things that cause us to be afraid. And we're going to be looking at what fear does in our lives and in our souls. And we're going to be looking at what God does when we let go of fear and, and turn our eyes on Jesus. And this week, we're going to begin by hearing a story from the life of the prophet Elijah, a story from the Old Testament book of 1 Kings. Open your heart and listen for God's voice as Jen Peters shares this morning's scripture reading. Hi, church family. I thought I'd bring the scripture to you today from the Old Troy Methodist Church. Our scripture is from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? The word of God for the people of God. Well, this week I heard a wonderful story about something that happened at a church down in North Carolina. A couple weeks ago on a Sunday morning, a small group of people got together for the early morning mass at a Catholic church down in North Carolina. Now this church has opened up for some small in-person worship gatherings. And so there were a handful of people scattered in the pews that Sunday morning. And as they went about their, their Sunday morning worship, they reached the point in the service when a, a reader stepped forward and opened a Bible. And the reader started sharing a story from the Old Testament. In fact, the, the reader started sharing the very same story from the life of the prophet Elijah that we heard just a moment ago. Now the reader talked about how one day the prophet Elijah was up at the top of a mountain and he was in a cave when God spoke to him. God said, Elijah, I would like to have a conversation with you. Come on out to the mouth of the cave. And then the scripture reader read these words. Maybe you remember them because you heard them just a moment ago in our scripture reading. Then the scripture reader said, and then there came a mighty wind, a wind that was so strong it split the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces. But the Lord was not in the wind, the reader said. And just at that moment, as the reader was talking about that mighty wind, and just as the reader was saying, but the Lord was not in the wind, suddenly the windows of that little Carolina church started to rattle and shake. Now, it had been a windy morning, and so nobody was particularly surprised that, that the windows were rattling a bit. But a couple of people did chuckle at the coincidence, the, the fact that the windows would choose to rattle at that moment, just as the reader was talking about that, that mighty wind. And then the reader continued with, with these words, and after the wind, there came an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, the reader said. And just as the reader was saying those words, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, suddenly that little Catholic church started to shake and the ground began to tremble. And people in the pews looked at each other a little uneasily. They didn't know it, but at that very moment, at that exact moment, North Carolina experienced a 5.1 magnitude earthquake. Not a huge earthquake, but, but an earthquake that was big enough to damage some buildings and put some cracks in the roads and shake some cans off the shelves down at the supermarket. 
And the little church trembled and, and shook for a moment and everybody waited to see how bad it was going to be and if it would continue. And later on, a, a reporter asked the priest at that little, that little Catholic church what he was thinking at that moment. And the priest said, well, he said, honestly, at that very moment, I was more than a little bit nervous because this is 2020 and it sort of feels like anything can happen. And the priest said, and I, I knew what came next in that scripture reading. And when the earth had stopped shaking and when the, the church had stopped rattling, the reader nervously continued with the next part of the scripture reading. And after the earthquake, he said, there came a fire. And then he paused and everybody at that little church looked around and they waited to see what was going to happen next. They waited to see if indeed there was going to be a fire. And the good news is there wasn't a fire. And so everybody breathed a sigh of relief. And then the reader went on, he said, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of sheer silence. And after the silence, the Lord spoke to Elijah and, and God and Elijah went on to have a conversation and the people went on to, to complete their Sunday morning worship as they usually do. And then after worship was over, word got out into the community about what had happened at that, that little church on that particular Sunday morning. Word got out about the, the coincidence of that earthquake happening at just the moment that the reader was talking about the earthquake that the prophet Elijah experienced up at the top of that mountain. At least one reporter thought the story was good enough that he wanted to track down the priest and get a couple quotes and write it up for the local paper. And so a, a reporter tracked down the priest from that little church and stuck a microphone under his nose. And then that, that pastor started doing what any good pastor does when somebody gives us a microphone, he started preaching. As he was reflecting on the events of that particular Sunday morning and, and what had happened in their, their time of worship, the, the priest, he said, well, it feels like there's a, a lesson in all of this, he said. In moments of confusion and fear, in moments when we are surrounded by the fear of earthquakes, in moments when we are surrounded by the fear of fire, in moments when we are surrounded by the fear of, of storms and pandemics, he said, the best thing for God's people to do is to listen for God's voice. The best thing for us to do in those fearful and anxious moments is to focus on Jesus and not be distracted by the storm, not be distracted by all of these things that are beyond our control. In moments of fear, he said, the best thing we can do is listen for God's voice and let go of all of the things that are beyond, God's, beyond our control. I wanted to share that story with you this morning because that was the word that I needed this week. That was the sermon that I needed to hear this week. Now, I don't need to tell you that we are currently living in a season of fear. We are currently living in a season of heightened fear and anxiety. And of course, there are earthquakes on the East Coast and there are fires happening on the West Coast, but there is plenty of fear and plenty of worry and anxiety for us to find right here closer to home. It's been a little bit of a fearful, intense, and anxious week at, at the Peters house. Now this week, the, the Peters kids were supposed to start school. Both of, both of the Peters kids are signed up for online learning. And so on Tuesday morning, our, our, our Peters kids were supposed to, to begin their online classes. They were supposed to get out their, their laptops and log in and start their classes with their new teachers. But as of Tuesday morning this week, 
We still hadn't received any login instructions. We still hadn't received any communications from either of our, our kids' teachers. And so Tuesday morning came and we opened up the computers and waited, waited for some sort of communication, waited to receive instructions. And we waited and we waited and we waited. And then finally, late on Tuesday afternoon, both of the Peters kids finally heard from their teachers. They both got messages from their teachers that said something to the effect of, we, we are so very sorry. And we know that all of this is frustrating. And the reason that you don't have the information you need to get started this year is because we still don't have the information that we need to get started this year. We are waiting too, the teachers said. And so on Wednesday morning, our kids opened up their books again to see if they had instructions, but they still weren't able to begin their classes. On Thursday morning, they still weren't able to begin their classes. As I am recording this message right now, even though school officially started on Tuesday morning, neither of the Peters kids have had any classes. They're still waiting, waiting to see when all of this is going to get started. We've learned a lot this week about, about what it feels like when things are beyond our control. At the Peters house, we've had a lot of conversations about how to be patient and how to let go of things that are beyond our control. We've had a lot of conversations about how to show grace for people who are doing their best under difficult circumstances. And we spent a lot of time praying for, for students and for teachers and for parents and administrators as we begin a school year that is unlike any other school year that we have ever seen before. I hope you also are praying for students and teachers and parents and administrators. Anyone who has anything to do with education right now needs your prayers. And this week we've learned a lot about what it feels like to to worry and be afraid and not know, not know what is going to happen at our, at our own house. But it's not just, not just students who are feeling that way right now. It's not just parents and teachers and administrators and educational professionals who are feeling fear right now. All of us right now, all of us are living in an environment, a, a climate of heightened fear. And of course, we're all surviving this, this pandemic, this thing that is, is happening in every country around the world. But, but in America, we also, you know, we also are, are entering the home stretch of an election year. And election years are always times of heightened anxiety and fear. And for the next few weeks, we are going to be bombarded with messages telling us to be even more afraid than we already are. For the next few weeks, we're going to be bombarded with messages telling us to, to be afraid of the other guy and to be afraid of what will happen if the other guy wins, and to be afraid of people who are going to vote for the other guy, and to, to be afraid of your neighbors, and to be afraid of immigrants, and to be afraid of this country or that country. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. We're going to hear that message over and over and over for the next few weeks. We are already living in a time of fear, and over the next few weeks, the, the volume dial is going to be turned up to 11, and so now is the perfect time for us to pause and receive a little bit of wisdom from the story of the prophet Elijah. I wonder how much you remember of the story of the prophet Elijah. I wonder, I wonder if you remember why the prophet Elijah was up there on the top of that mountain, why he was in that cave in the first place. Now the prophet Elijah was called by God at a time of crisis and catastrophe. The prophet Elijah was called by God at a moment when the nation of Israel had just got a new king. 
The king's name was Ahab, and Ahab, it turns out, was a corrupt and wicked king. And things only got worse when Ahab married a woman named Jezebel. Jezebel also was corrupt and she was cruel. And together, Ahab and Jezebel plotted against their enemies and against innocent people alike. They murdered anyone who got in their way. They used their power to enrich themselves. And and not only that, but they also led God's people away from God. They built altars to, to strange gods and placed idols on those altars. They encouraged God's people to turn away from the God who had saved them from slavery in the land of Egypt. And in this moment of crisis, in this moment of national catastrophe, God spoke to this prophet, this man named Elijah. God said, Elijah, I need someone who will stand against. I need someone who will co- confront Ahab and Jezebel. And I need someone who will speak to my people. I need someone who will call my people back to me and away from the wickedness and sin that they have fallen into. Elijah, I need you to be my prophet. And so Elijah stepped forward and he spoke truth to power and he protested and he confronted Ahab and Jezebel with their sins. And he spoke to God's people and he called God's people to return to the God who loved them. And he, he raised the dead and he performed miracles and he called, called down fire from the sky. And what did Elijah receive for all of his troubles? God's people shrugged and Ahab and Jezebel put a price upon his head. They sent their soldiers, they sent their police, they sent their armies to capture Elijah and put him to death. And so Elijah fled. He fled into the wilderness. He fled into the desert. And there in the desert, afraid and exhausted and feeling all alone in the world, Elijah curled up under the the shade of a dead tree. And then he had a conversation with God. He said, God, just let me die. He said, I did my best and and I failed. He said, I tried to bring your people back, but they wouldn't listen to me. He said, "I, I am alone in this nation. Everyone else has turned away from you and I can't do it anymore. I am tired and God, I want you to just let go of me and call somebody else. And then there in the desert, there under that tree, Elijah closed his eyes. And when he opened them again, he saw an angel He saw a messenger of God. And the angel looked at Elijah and the angel said, Elijah, here's a little bit of bread. Have a bite to eat. And so Elijah took the bread from the angel and he ate. And then the angel said, and here's a jar with some water in it. Elijah, why don't you have a drink? And so Elijah took the jar and he drank some water. And then when he had eaten and when he had drunk some water, Elijah fell asleep. And when he opened his eyes again, the angel was still there. And the angel said, Elijah, I've prepared another meal for you. And I want you to eat again because you are going on a journey and you are going to need your strength. And so Elijah ate again and then he went on a journey. He went to the mountain, the very same mountain where Moses had received the commandments and had a conversation face to face with God. And Elijah climbed up to the top of that mountain and up towards the top of the mountain, he found a cave and he went into the cave. And at this point in the story, we should pause and and see just how much wisdom we have already received from this story about what we can do and how we can take care of ourselves in moments when we are feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and all alone in this world. 
And when we're feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and all alone in this world, one of the best things that we can do is have a bite to eat. It's hard to be courageous on an empty stomach. And another good thing that we can do when we're feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and afraid is to have something to drink because it's hard to confront the evil powers of this world when we're dehydrated. And when we are feeling like giving up, like we can't go on anymore, the, the next best thing that we can do is to take a nap because everything seems a little more survivable after we've had a little bit of sleep. And then after you've had something to eat and drink and after you've taken a nap, the next good thing that you can do is to find a mountain somewhere and climb it. Find a holy place and, and turn your thoughts towards God. Take a step towards God. Reach out towards God. Seek the presence of God. Elijah does all of those things. And then when he's got to the top of the mountain, when he's in the cave, then, then God speaks to him. God says, Elijah, I want to talk to you. Come on out of that cave. And then there came a mighty wind, a wind that was so strong it split the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces, but the Lord was not in the wind. And then there came an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then there came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then Elijah heard the sound of sheer silence. Maybe you know what it feels like to be blown around by that mighty wind. Maybe you know what it feels like to feel blasted and broken by powers beyond your control. Maybe you know what it feels like to live through an earthquake. Maybe you have been shaken these last few months. Maybe you know what it feels like to walk through the fire. Maybe you know what it feels like to listen for the voice of God and to hear only silence, a silence so deep it feels like even God has abandoned you. Elijah went through all of those things. He experienced all of those terrifying things there at the top of the mountain. And then when all of those things were over and all of those things had passed, then Elijah heard the voice of God. God spoke to him. God said, Elijah, you are not alone. And then he told Elijah how to find the help that he needed and he guided Elijah's next steps. And here's the wisdom that we can receive from Elijah's story. In this story, we learn that the wind doesn't last forever. The earthquake doesn't last forever. The fire doesn't last forever. Even the silence won't last forever. And if we can only hang on, if we can only take care of ourselves long enough to last through all of these things, then, then we will hear the voice of God and we will discover that we are not alone and we never were. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us the strength to hold on to hold on just one more day, to hold on through the wind, to hold on when the ground is shaking, to hold on when the fire rages around us, to hold on even when we can't feel you close to us, even when we can't hear your voice. God, give us the strength and the courage to just keep going a little bit farther, to listen for your voice, to set aside all of the things that we can't control, to turn our eyes to Jesus, and not on the storm and the waves. God, speak to us and carry us just a little bit farther. In Jesus we pray. Amen.